Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. Today, I am actually super excited because Crystal and I get to talk all about ourselves. This is therapy check-in number two. So before we jump into the check-in, since the the first check-in, which I think was in October, we are going to stay true to what we do always and just check in to see how we're doing today, not just overall. Yeah, so I'm feeling a lot of tension, uh, like, in my body. I just had a stressful, like, time online doing something. Uh, So I just feel, like, on edge, like, and I'm trying to kind of, like, bring myself down and not, like, let those feelings take over. Um, But I really could use, like, a massage and a nap. Mm. How about you? I, uh, I'm really tired. I'm so tired and I have not been sleeping well. I, I wake up religiously like at five, six in the morning and then I just stare at my ceiling and, um, I'm really just trying to be patient with the, the process of this because this, you know, for me, that's just my body and my mind telling me that I'm, overthinking right it's like leaving the car on I may go to sleep but my brain is still on and it wakes me up and I'm just really trying to be kind to myself because I am getting things done I am trying to push forward but yo it's really hard when you're not getting enough sleep no I get that I mean I I didn't sleep well last night so I'm like yes maybe that's why I (laughs) felt so stressed by what I was doing earlier because just the lack of sleep So I'll tell you why I wasn't sleeping in this episode, but um, I know Sasha has had a lot of updates and a lot of progress since her last therapy check-in, and I've been, I've even been excited to to hear what (laughs) what those updates are. So girl, like, let me and the people know. (laughs) Wow, like I didn't expect this. I feel like I just got put on the spot. Uh (laughs) No, 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 it's fine. I really didn't expect it, but I guess it's... (laughs) You're right. You're right. It, and I, 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 I have a tendency of downplaying things, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going through a breakup. So what? It's only been this amount of time. So what? I'm over it. And technically, I am kind of over it, but I'm not. And I keep saying this, like, I'm over the person uh, there. And I'm not just being petty, I promise. <laughs> but there's this part of me that I don't want the person. And I, I'm recognizing that, yo, like, I, I don't think I wanted him for a long time. And um, at the same time, I am not over the pain of the breakup and what it has brought out in me. But I am happy it happened because it I've been on this journey of self-discovery, trying to figure out how to love myself, trying to figure out the barriers that had been stopping me. And this breakup, believe it or not, was a catalyst to me speeding that process up because I have... Yeah, like I have been looking at, um, so I journal and in preparation for this episode, like I was like, what was I feeling back then, right? 
yo, back then I was writing literally, I don't know if he's for me. I have doubts. This is scaring me. And you would think <laughs> that that was my sign of like, yo, get the fuck out. Mm-mm. I stayed and I waited and I waited, but I, I, I had a reason for doing that. And I, it's not that I, I wanted to, to feel pain. I've been thinking a lot about why I stayed and it, it, it ties to this, this journey that I've been on for a while now where because I noticed previous patterns before where I would just run away really, really fast from anything that mm. was closely related to something bad, like happening. Like I was like, oh, I'm out. Literally, I would do that all the time. And uh, I knew that was bad. So I I needed to stay. I needed to stay and see what what was going on because was it a me thing? You know, like I'm still forming my identity even if I'm 31, right? Like it's still it's still trying to solidify itself. So like I there was a it ultimately it comes down to like not being able to trust yourself. But sometimes in order to get to that place to trust, you have to test yourself. And I'm not saying mm. it was just a test because I I genuinely loved him and I would never deny that but I can tell you I definitely learned from that experience and that if I were to see those signs again I can safely tell you that that's that there's a piece of trust within my soul so far that has like kind of like been solidified like yeah girl you know what you're doing don't doubt it because I it's not going to be running away next time it's going to be me understanding that I deserve more that's a that's a big that's huge because I, I've, you know, when I started therapy, a big piece of like doing the work before the trauma work was me feeling like I couldn't trust myself and not understanding how um, I got there. So just getting to the point where you can even, even if it the trust is just in that specific area of like, wow, like I, you know, like next time I'm in this relationship or just not even a romantic relationship, but in relationship with a person, yeah. period. Like, being able to say, no, like, the last time I felt like this or the last time I thought this, I was right. So I'm going to listen to myself um, moving forward. I think that is a huge deal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, How about you? I mean, we. I feel like we have a lot to talk about, but I definitely, I, I, I want to hear about you and your process. Because you were just starting when we did our first check-in. Yeah, so I know that <laughs> then I was like, oh, I'm going to start the trauma work. And I was like <laughs> tripping over my words because I was like, shit, I'm nervous. So that was in October. I just started the trauma work in March. So literally almost five months later than anticipated. So that was really frustrating I'm not gonna lie I was upset that there was such a big delay um especially because this is a time limited therapy and I want to complete my work within the two years that I was told that I would be able to like do this work also Mm. I pay for therapy out of pocket so time is money so you know like paying for five months not of delay because it it ultimately did help me but it, it just felt like I'm like well why doesn't she think I'm ready. So I did advocate for myself. Um, and we started the work in March. We were supposed to start it a little bit sooner, but something happened in my life. Um, and we were doing some prep work before the trauma. So that also was a big reason why we had the delay. 
Um, and then also another piece was I was getting a little lazy with my homework, <laughs> like not doing it uh, or kind of doing it half ass. Uh uh uh. I hate that. I, mean, I shouldn't say hate, but I really dislike that word lazy because I always remind people it is not lazy. It is unmotivated because and lazy is harsh. Don't judge yourself. Don't yeah. judge my friend like that, please. She's not lazy. <laughs> uh thank you thank you no and and i you're right i definitely was feeling unmotivated i think it was because work was taking up a lot of my emotional and like physical and also like you know like we are living through a pandemic and i think the longer i stay in this house the just the more stir crazy i get so um so yeah it was it was delayed but I got in that delay, I got to do a lot of reflection work around my job and like, what do I need? Um, and I got the courage to like speak up about some changes that I wanted to see for myself at work. Uh, I didn't like the response yeah. that I got, but at least, <laughs> but you at least did I advocated it. for myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a good, that was a good piece. And I will say, I feel like I've been finding my voice or feeling just more emboldened to like speak my truth um Mm. in certain scenarios because I think like she's also been helping to build my confidence like I'd be thinking like damn like if I would have grown up with like this level of like positive reinforcement from my therapist I would have been like yo it would have been so over for you fucking hoes like (laughs) like I would have grown up with that level of confidence like mm -mm, no one could have touched me shit um but yeah (laughs) it's so interesting to me because just a quick reminder Crystal's doing a very like structured CBT therapy Mm -hmm. uh, just from the last episode and I'm I'm mainly working around it's it's more psychodynamic and I'm working with my inner child but there's so much overlap between your process and my process because I'm still working with that inner child and yo like I for the first time in my life and I am proud to say I'm actually treating her nice because they you know throughout yeah throughout this process and it was throughout these couple months that I recognize like my inner child represents everything about my past that hurts Mm. so because she represents everything about my past that hurts so much I have been almost ignoring her and in doing that that invalidating of her that that's that part of myself I'm almost reharming myself because that's where that's how I got Mm. to where I'm I'm at now because that's what happened externally for me when I was little so now I'm starting to just kind of like love the I'm lying I haven't I don't love her yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but listen you gotta be honest <laughs> i don't love her yet somewhere too so. but you like her i like right. her like maybe i'll share my cookies with you i'm sharing <laughs> with her i'm accepting of her i'm listening to her trying to figure out that what i needed basically give myself what i needed when i was little and in that process, I'm like, yo, I had the same revelation. Like, if only somebody could have done that for me when I was little, I, yo, I'd be the most confident ass person in the room today. Because even that little process is boosting my confidence. I'm like, yo. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think for me, the CBT has helped. Like, re- like I have a lot of thoughts that I've told myself for a very long time or 
beliefs that I internalized and my therapist is like Mm. well you know like I'll say it very like I guess nonchalant like this is just my truth right like not really questioning it and then she'll question it and then she helps me dissect it and then I'm like oh shit I guess you're Mm. right like that that belief isn't true and I don't really have a ground to stand on and I it's not an immediate shift but as the weeks go by and then like there's another thought or another process like that's how kind of like it's slowly like breaking itself down and I just speaking of uh breaking things down so last time I spoke about thought records and I recently did a thought record while starting the trauma work I would say I I worked with this thought record for maybe like two and a half weeks between the time that I wrote it and the time that like from the last session where we kind of like broke it down. So I went from blaming myself for what I experienced in terms of the trauma to getting to a point where I realized I was blaming myself only because I wish I had known better or I had wished I was in a position to better help myself. And that helped me to kind of like be more forgiving and softer as opposed to like, Mm. you should have known better, right? Because like you let this happen to you. And it's actually like, no, I didn't know better. I have evidence that I didn't know better. I have evidence that even if I would have known better, I don't know that anyone would have really like listened to me or helped me in this situation. So it's just more so like, I wish I would have known better than, you know, to have maybe acted in a different way. I don't necessarily think that it would have changed anything, but you know, like when, when they say like, sometimes you just have to do something just so that you don't regret that you didn't do it later. Mm. So kind of getting to, to that point. And then I'm like, you know what? That was okay. But I think like the heaviness of blaming myself is finally off my shoulders. So that, that's been very helpful. And I remember there was that one session with my therapist where she, like, when we first reviewed this thought record, and she was like, this is what you believe, this is wrong. Boop, 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 boop. Like, just all the reasons. And I was like, oh, shit. I guess you're right. You know? And and one thing that I also noticed that I do is I... (laughs) This was crazy, because this came up in therapy. I experienced this trauma almost 20 years ago. In December, it's going to be 20 years. That was 20 years ago. So, like, I've been holding on to this for 20 years this is two-thirds of my life like literally two-thirds of of my life I've been holding on to this what I also was noticing about myself is that I'm thinking that 11 year old crystal has the same mindset skills knowledge Mm -hmm. that that I do now and it's like you don't like you didn't like what's the like really think about the last 11 year old you met (laughs) (laughs) not to offend today's generation but I'm sure you were uh way more mature no and and I would completely disagree with you I I think that um no I yes and not that I was an immature kid um because I think life kind of made me grow up fast but I was very like meek and shy and I was, you know, one thing that, that my therapist uh, was was working with me on was I I had talked I had talked to her about a, a specific scenario because I was like, oh, I'm blaming myself for that. Because I was like, there's no way that you can not blame me for that. And she was like, you were just looking to fit in. 
Like, you were just looking to belong because you had never belonged anywhere and you mm. were so desperate to, like, find it that this is what happened. And, like, any kid at your age would have done that. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. I didn't have a solid foundation to begin with. And then when the trauma happened, it was like, all right, like, mm-hmm. this this building is going to come crashing down soon. Because I, I didn't have anything um, sturdy to even begin with. Yo, I love that you said that because, A, I was thinking that. I was like, hold on. What happened prior to, right? Because uh, that's where my mind goes. But then when you were talking about that need for belonging, it, this is very vulnerable. So please, no judgment. Yo, that resonated so much within me because I have been thinking over and over again. And this relates to your t- living with this for such a long time, right? Like I have been thinking over and over again, what... Why? Why why did I stay in that relationship? And just FYI, he wasn't abusive physically or even like manipulative emotionally. Like I I got to I'm going to cuz it sounds like he was like this like fire breathing dragon, but he was he he had you know, he neglected a lot of my needs. Um and in thinking about why I stayed in that knowing that that's not good for me and that's what I need, that's not what I need. I recognize that I have been whew, desperately in search of finding somebody to love me wholeheartedly and not just parts that they like because that's that's what that's how I grew up I grew up with this and this is something I I, I found out in therapy literally like two weeks ago it was like mind-blown epiphany um the narrative in my life is that both my parents abandoned me because you know my father did physically and then my mother did it emotionally And whenever I brought my needs to the table and I brought my whole self emotionally and physically, people weren't able to meet those needs because guess what? My mom would panic if I was panicked. And then in turn, I was like, oh, I feel guilty. I shouldn't have done that. So I learned to put my feelings in the backseat for other people my whole life. And this is a pattern I've engaged in. I can safely tell you more than 20 years. I think it's my whole life. And so don't feel bad. And um In that relationship with my ex, I was so tired of not being seen, not being loved, that I needed it to work and I needed him to see me and love me wholeheartedly. But I was knocking at the wrong door. Oof. (laughs) Knocking at the wrong door. I like that. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I think that that happens to so many people, whether it's relationships or anything else, that they make judgments about themselves because of people's inability to meet their needs, to validate them, to whatever, right? Like, it's like, this person can't give me this, therefore I'm not deserving, as opposed to placing, I don't want to say the blame, for lack of a better term, placing the blame where it belongs on that individual person and like not internalizing mm-hmm. that piece um because then you carry that shit and it just gets heavier and heavier the the longer you carry that load that backpack the heavier it becomes yeah that's real it's interesting and you know and i often sit there and wonder like why do we carry other people's shortcomings for them and even when i was you know preparing for this i wrote what i just said about my father my father physically and emotionally abandoned me abandoning me And then I, in regards to my mother, how she emotionally abandoned me, there was this immediate need that I had to protect her. I even wrote it like protect her. But then I was like, nah, but that's my truth. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't, 
I feel bad for other people's shortcomings because I don't, I, I, there's a part of me that doesn't want her to be seen as this. And I did it even with my ex. I just did it. I protected him. I'm like, he's not that bad guys. <laughs> no, he just wasn't for me. And some, it, it's hard because I, I don't want these people in my life to be seen as these negative characters. Um, yeah, they have their flaws as we all do, but I, my immediate reaction is to protect the other. But then I start, I like, I, Really, my process lately and something I've been working on in therapy is like, you have who's protecting me? Because if I'm not doing it, then no one's going to do it. So like I, I like I'm tr- I'm really desperately trying to switch that that instinctual reaction of like protecting other people to no, this is my truth. I'm protecting me by saying it. Right. And I was going to say, I think that you can protect people as long as it's not against the service of your own work. You can say that your ex wasn't cheating on you. He wasn't blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things. Um, I guess that's inside of knowledge. Oops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I don't think that it, um, you know, as long as it doesn't get in the way of you recognizing how he failed you, right? Like, and how he didn't show up for you, right? So I think that both things can be true. I think as long as you don't neglect the self. Yes. And uh, I feel like we make it sound so easy, but that is something I've been struggling with currently. Like, I'm there, but then it's it's like I'm I'm trying to balance. I still haven't, you know, grounded myself in that. So. Yeah, and I think it's 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 new, so it's gonna it's gonna take mm-hmm. take a minute. But um, speaking of new things, <laughs> I guess back to my trauma work. I actually started recording my sessions uh, with my therapist. Hmm. So that's a new experience on multiple levels because one, I like literally didn't ever think that was even a possibility. Um, I don't know that if I was practicing as a therapist that I would feel comfortable um, with someone recording me. Uh, but it it, it is uh, something that I'm trying. Um, and I had actually, it's funny how it came up because I had said it in passing. I was like, man, I wish I could like record this so like I could always hear like what my therapist said like over and over. And I feel like it kind of, Mm. It's been good, but it kind of bit me in the ass a little bit because now part of my therapy homework is to re-listen to my therapy <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, we're going to put in more work. Beautiful idea. Uh, yes, and you're going to listen to everything you said in that session that was already triggering the first time around. Um, <laughs> mm. So that's that's why I'm like, ugh. Um, so it's been interesting to hear myself express all of the emotions related to the trauma, um, like kind of like listening back to it. And it's also been interesting to speak to the shame and the things that I've literally never said to anyone. I also think it, it shows how much I've <laughs> how much work I've done with my therapist that I finally feel open to say these things. So sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that like came out of my mouth. Like I haven't said I haven't said this to anybody. So it's, I think it's interesting just to hear it back because I think like for so long, it all lived inside of me. Mm. So like now it's, it's outside of me. It's like in the air, it's in the universe. Um, It feels like, and I guess one thing about letting things out finally, it's just like, which is part of the process, but it's been a crazy part of the process. It's just the memories flooding back. I feel like mm. I cracked open a door thinking like all right like I'm gonna peek in and I'm gonna like 
be you know speak to the things that I want to speak to when I'm ready but there's been a lot of like flooding and like everything's starting to come back as I'm in therapy and I'm speaking to what's happening I'm like oh wait I just remembered this oh like this is coming coming up for me even though I had thought maybe like briefly thought about these things before I think the fact that I finally use my voice to speak to it has just like Mm. Just given things access in a way that I've never had access before. And it it has been challenging uh, to deal with because I guess sometimes I don't know what to do with it. Like when it comes up, I'm like, well, this came up. What do I do with it? And a lot of it has been things like I don't want to remember. But then I also at the same time, I don't want to like ignore it. And then with the memories flooding back, it also leads to a lot more flashbacks. So I'll have episodes where I get like consistent flashbacks and I'm like, shake it, just shake it, just shake it, just shake it. But it's also like, you've ignored this for so long, like, don't just shake it. But I also I'm like, well, what the hell do I do with this? Like, what do I do with all of this that's coming up now? So it's just been a an interesting experience to experience it for the first time and then to hear myself like, you know, like it's almost like when I'm hearing myself, it's re-experiencing it. Yo, isn't it? Well, first of all, the power and the value of processing things out loud Mm -hmm. is so undermined. And a lot of people are like, what's therapy going to do for me? And it's just even that piece. And you just spoke to it of saying it out loud and setting instead of allowing it to live in your mind. It changes the way you arrange the information in your mind. Because that happened to me last week where I was... I knew what I was going to talk about. And I I entered therapy like this is da 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 And then out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm listening to it for real. And she started laughing, my therapist, because I think I make her job easy, to be quite honest, (laughs) because like I just make connections as I open my mouth. But I was thinking about it the whole week and it didn't I didn't make certain connections until I was saying it. And I was thinking about the patterns of how I grew up, so on and so forth, how that's been affecting me and how I just kind of repeat that all the time even now in my current day knowing what I know so I relate so much with what you said in regards to just kind of experiencing it and then thinking like now what what do I do right and immediately and this is this is progress everybody I'm progressing I feel so proud of myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so corny but immediately it's like oh you you experience it you feel it because I think the conflict comes when you avoid it. You know, when you do inner child work, it's about integrating the child with who you are now, the adult. And, oh my God, they they hated each other when they started this process, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, They did, they did. And I felt it and I felt that that resistance to, to come together. But now, because I'm just more accepting of it and I'm like, oh, these are the feelings. This is what's coming up. The pain does not change. But the way I've been experiencing it and allowing it to filter through me has definitely changed. Um, and I've become more of an observer. And in that process, instead of just getting anxious in, in, in hopes to reject it or just wanting to think about something else, what I've been doing is really experiencing it. And then I have been a ball of emotions, just crying for everything. I was listening to a podcast the other day about attachment styles and I was like, I have an insecure attachment. Like I couldn't help myself all by myself. And it was, it's, it's weird because it's been years since I've cried by myself. I can only this, and this is weird. Ah, 
I'm not going to judge it. This is interesting about me, but for a long time, the only way I've been able to access those emotions is through other people. Mm-hmm. So to cry alone even was really weird. Uh, it was it was a strange experience because it has been so long. But in accepting those feelings, going back to what you were saying, and I, and yo, all I I give you all the props in the world because I understand how difficult that must be when you're alone. And then the that that fear that starts coming up of oh shit, am I going to be able to manage mm-hmm. this? comes up and then you're like fuck I what do I do with all this but the fact that you're doing it um that that also shows progress so I mean look at us we're growing up yeah well I will say um you know uh just I do want to acknowledge that you're giving yourself kudos and that you deserve to give yourself kudos for your progress like and for your work you deserve to be proud of yourself for doing that work. So um, I just wanted to say that because I want to make sure that you realize that that's okay. And yeah, I think like, uh, it has been difficult to, to experience it and be alone and experience it. So I think I'm going to have to like, bring it up in my next session of therapy, like, what are some more coping strategies that I can use when I'm on my own? Because actually, last night, I was listening, I was re listening to one of my sessions. And in the last session, I was speaking about an experience and I was really having a hard time connecting to it. So the way I was speaking about the experience was more like I was in it because I was remembering things like as I was speaking to it out loud. But it was also like this big disconnect. It almost like I was a third party observer of what was happening to me as opposed to being being in it. Uh, so she asked me to like, listen, re-listen to that particular part of the session so that I could try to work towards, you know, just connecting with that, that piece, um, a little bit more and working through it because the level of dissociation and disconnect is so great that like, I can speak about this and not like have any emotions towards it. Um, so I, you know, I'm, Mm. I'm trying to be a good uh, client. So I re-listened to the session and it was extremely triggering. Um, I remember after, even though I felt disconnected, it's it's been a weird process because there was a part of me that was disconnected and there was a part of me that even after the session was very triggered and had like, you know, kind of like these flashbacks and stuff like that. So, or like a lot of... Um, persistent thoughts like persistent um like that they wouldn't go away like I would try to distract myself and it wouldn't go away so uh I re-listened I was triggered again and I was like just go to sleep crystal like just don't think about it like this was too much maybe um and then of course I went to sleep and then I had nightmares um and it's so funny because everything that I was thinking about before bed like because I was like thinking about the podcast you know I'm trying to distract myself and I'm like how did Sasha end up in my dream which I know how she ended up in my dream because I was thinking about the podcast but I remember just being really panicked in the dream and like crying and screaming and asking for for help and I was like oh my god and even though I wasn't like re-experiencing the trauma um it was like a an imagine you know how like in dreams you have your imaginary like scenarios but they're like related to something in your life so it was like one of those like imaginary scenario Mm -hmm. but it was related to what I had just uh listened to so um and that's also partially why I'm tired because I was like now like 
I'm up. I have to be up for work. And I didn't rest in the time mm-hmm. that I was sleeping because I was having nightmares. So um, that's definitely going to be like, I guess, the next piece that I have to work on is like, how do I manage everything that's coming up? Because I think like it's been slightly manageable in the fact that it hasn't been too, too intense. But I am only going to assume that it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. So I think I I need some more concrete coping skills in that regard. I totally forgot that this happened last night. But so there's a new there is another update, but it's not in regards to therapy, but it is bringing a lot of stuff up in me. Um, I am moving from where I lived when I was in this relationship with my ex. And uh, it's it's been uh, it's been triggering me because it, it's kind of been even though I understand that the relationship has ended and I, and I'm I promise you, like, I'm good with it and like. I'm still very protective of it. I, I could hear it in the way I'm, I'm speaking of it. Um, I, I'm scared. I'm scared for the change. I'm scared to make a wrong decision. Like the fear of messing up, the fear of trying something new, being rejected, feeling even lonelier. Yo, these things have been ruling my mind. And I had this weird dream last night about, I don't know. I hate cats, by the way. So I'm not surprised that a cat was in my dream. That a cat was like literally on me and didn't want to get off of me. And that was a dream that I had before waking up like at five something in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. And it it's this and it reminds me of this heavy mm-hmm. weight that I carry with me. Right. This like that. And that's the anxiety. That's the fear. That's the pain. Like I have been walking around with this and now I'm even more scared because I'm making a big change. It's not a big change. I've moved out before. But for some reason, it just feels so much bigger right now. And it has everything to do with fear and the way I cope, right? Because you were talking about coping mechanisms is I literally make a pros and cons list every time these, these, every time I get into these very high state, like high emotional states where I'm like, oh my God, this is going to go wrong. And I start spiraling literally. And I say, what are the pros? And every time I make this list of the pros versus cons, the pros are everything I know. And I already do know that what I know now and what I'm living now isn't making me fully happy. And the cons are everything that I perceive Mm. as a negative consequence, right? And then I kind of kick myself back into reality. I'm like, that's that's a fear, Sasha. That's not reality. Because I was living off of the idea that these perceptions of these bad things happening were reality. Mm -hmm. But what's really going on is that inner child in me is like, uh-uh, where are we going? And I'm like, come on, we got to go. <laughs> but, you know, like, it, so I won't know until I move forward and I say, no, let's see what happens. And even if you fail, even if you get rejected, even if you feel lonely, it is not the end all, right? Like, this is not your final destination. And it's helping me realize that for such a long time, I've been treating my life like it was all or nothing. And that is not true. And it's like, again, like these epiphanies that I've been having. And it, I'm really trying to condition myself you know, to, like this is a behavioral approach, to get out of a, a deficit kind of, a deficit state of mind and put myself into a state of mind where possibilities exist. 
And that's really hard. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad that you mentioned the behavioral piece because it does, like, even just your thought process reminds me a lot of a thought record because it's like, well, what's the evidence? And you would write down all of these things that you perceived and my therapist would be like, nope, 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 nope. Like, all of those things mm-hmm. are feelings. They're not true. Um, they're not grounded in fact or reality. So I think that it speaks a lot to the change in the thought process. Um and I, I do love um, <laughs> the, like what you said, oh, it's it's like little Sasha, kind of like that little girl, like, oh, we scared, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, and I, it's, I, yeah, it's been challenging for the both of us, obviously, but I do love to see, like, the positive in the challenge, like, you know, like the positive in the challenging moments. No, you're absolutely right. And even me, like I have such pride in me for the both of us right now, myself included too. Yes, because I have to include myself, but also you like because like, I think about I think about how how we were when we first started, like, yo, even just this podcast, uh, just getting on it and like just putting ourselves out there. Like, let's rewind to six months ago. We would have been like, no, I'm not saying that. And now we're just like, this is what's going on. So super proud of us. In exa- and that's exactly proof that we are uh, getting better. Even in the and that's what kind of grounds me in the days that I don't feel better, or even today when I I woke up and I was super tired and just trying not to get anxious. But something that I have gotten, I've also gotten better at, is noticing how my body talks mm. to me and how it, it it lets me know that I'm in all these you know different states right like so there are a couple of themes that come up for me particularly which is like lack of trust within myself not wanting to be myself around other people uh, which also relates to lack of trust in myself and others <laughs> so trust is a big deal this is not the first time I mentioned that as well as my grief that mm-hmm. I, I I live with right like the grief the loss of my childhood the loss of even my dad still to this day, like the way it hits me the and the way it falls heavy on me. Like I, and I want to speak to this a little bit because, you know, when me and my ex broke up, I used to say he broke up with me, but I'm changing that narrative. We broke up. I literally felt like there was this weight lifted off my shoulders. And I, ever since I noticed that, that, that drastic difference where I can move a little easier, I can, you know, even like exercising feels different to me right now. I, I took that as a sign to really listen to all the parts of me that are talking to myself, right? Not just the emotional piece, but like, how's my body responding? And that's really been helpful. And I can even tell you to this at this point why I'm not sleeping. And it's because I have this huge weight on me. I guess it's a cat in my dreams, but I have this huge weight on me where I'm terrified of the possibility of something bad happening. And in noticing all these different factors, it's become way easier for me to to just manage it and get through the day as opposed to before it felt like oh my god where is this coming from how am I going to deal with this oh is this going to be forever no it's not going to be forever and I and I fully trust that so I think listening to my body has become a, a new coping mechanism as well yeah I think just the quarantine has helped with me listening to my body but I think it's more so the yoga that I've been doing um and like knowing when I need to feel grounded or knowing when that's what like I want for for comfort um so I I'm a huge believer in like listening to the body I think what I've learned the most about myself is that well one that I deserve right like I deserve to be listened to Mm. I deserve 
what makes me feel comfortable. I deserve to like speak my truth uh, and I deserve to give myself what I need when I need it. I think I've, I'm learning to trust myself a little bit more. I think that's been a, a process only because I, I realized that I don't trust myself, but I, that I, I realized that I didn't trust myself in therapy. It, it's not even about my my decisions, about like trusting my decisions, although that has improved as well. I think it's been more so like trusting my process and not doubting mm. it, uh, if that makes sense. I love that you spoke about the deserving piece, like, you know, that recognition of I deserve good things. And another lesson that I've learned is how you actually get these good things, right? Because you can ask, remember how I spoke about knocking at the wrong mm-hmm. door? Yeah, I've been knocking at the wrong door for a long time, asking for certain things from people who were not able to give it to me. And I'm really slowly, I'm still very scared about this process, but I'm slowly starting to choose people who can hold my whole existence. That is real scary even just to say because I constantly feel like oh my god I'm too much I have to I have to go back and hide um so choosing the people who have the capacity to love me how I want to be loved and starting to notice the people and their behavioral patterns that can't do it and being like nah I may get real close because I did it. I, I'm not going to lie. I did it once. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I fell into a pattern with somebody that was really unhealthy for me, but I got myself mm-hmm. out of it and it happened super fast. It felt so familiar and it felt so comfortable, but that's because we're just used to being uncomfortable. Remember that pros and cons list? Like we're used to just the knowing of I'm uncomfortable as opposed to what if I could get better? And you're like, nah, I'd rather stay in the uncomfortable, but recognizing that I I'm learning it and again like you said trusting that process of it's going to permeate through me it's going to solidify itself when it's ready right when I'm ready so and that's hard but definitely giving myself credit for that and we both deserve credit um I do really want to say I'm so happy to hear you giving yourself credit um in your process uh just knowing you I think that um that's a huge step and I I enjoyed listening to all the different like revelations and ways you've grown and things that you've uh learned about yourself um so yeah, this I think this is a great little check-in. We hope yes. that you enjoyed listening to our process and we hope that you take, you know, any little bits and pieces that relate to you and apply it to yourself, you know, whether it's loving your inner child or just trusting that you'll be okay, you'll figure it out. So that was our episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Never Told This Pod. Or you can also email us if you have any questions, thoughts at nevertoldthispod at gmail.com. And make sure to come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us.